Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. I'm going to be talking today... Uh, we've got some Q&A stuff we're going to be doing specifically around the idea of emotional separation. Um, so if you're going through that, that's where I want all the questions focused today. As you'll see, each week as we go through this, um, we'll have different topics that you can ask questions on. So right now I've got, it looks like four or five, maybe six questions uh, that I'm going to be responding to uh, around the topic of emotional separation and the pain that you feel, et cetera. So this could be a heavier topic. And so you're not alone. Um, I got to start with that today. When you're going through this shit storm, it can feel like you are all by yourself. And that's why it's so important for you to have community. And, you know, we have some of that here in our, in our, in our Facebook group and, and it's great, right? People can ask questions and, and things of that nature, but in our thrive group specifically, the community there is amazing. We've got guys that actually start businesses together. We've got guys that fly all over the country to, to be with each other. They've started relationships because it's like they're in the foxhole. You know, if you, if you look at any war movie or whatever, anybody that's experienced battle and fights and you do it with somebody else, it creates a bond that's inseparable. Even if you don't see that person for 10, 15, 20 years, the fact is, is you're still going to have that bond with them. And so we love creating those bonds and, and thrive in an empowered man, period. So without further ado, let's get into some of the questions. Again, the topic specifically is a question about the topic of how to overcome the emotional pain of separation. I'm going to start here. Uh, the first question, how do you treat her as a neutral woman when she knows how to trigger you and how to just not see her as the woman you once loved unconditionally? It's a great question from Mark Cardines, um, who's obviously aware of our language around neutral woman, which comes from um, our Thrive program. Specifically, we talk about this idea of, of going neutral with your wife. Um, this allows you to create boundaries for yourself. It also, at the same time, allows her to have her boundaries, right? So one of the biggest mistakes I see happen, and, and I did this too, is when your wife pulls away, the initial reaction is for you to lean in, right? So she's trying to pull away and you automatically lean in. You start giving flowers, you start clinging, you start doing all these things. I love you more. You start coming home and like cleaning and you start doing all these things. And a woman, I've, and I've interviewed countless women and I've talked to countless women and obviously my wife and my ex-wife and all of them say the same thing. It's one of the most obnoxious things that men can do. And that is because that when, when, when she leans out and you lean in, it tells her, oh, you weren't listening until she pulled away. And, and it's almost like, oh, now you care. Now this is what's going on. So we create this concept around neutral woman where you, you essentially come to a place where you, you, you look at her not as your wife anymore, but as someone who's like a friend, if you will. And that, that friend um, you friendlier with, but you're not friends with. And a lot of this has to do with, we have a continuum um, that we look at and thrive, but it's a lot of this has to do with where she's at in terms of safety and, and health with you. Meaning if your wife is no longer a safe place, um, you should not be sharing your most intimate secrets with her or your most intimate thoughts about her. Like she doesn't care that you still are most in love with her, that she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Like none of that matters to her anymore. None of that matters. Um, in fact, every time you say, oh, I just so love you and you're just so beautiful and you're so amazing. Like they don't care. They're, or, or they'll be like, oh, well, that's nice, honey. That's great. But like, they don't care about that. What they care about is themselves. They care about what they're going through. They care about the pain they're experiencing. They care about what, 
what's caused them to get to this place, right? They don't care about what you are going through, what you think. And, and it's not because they're all evil. You know, I know there's a lot of guys in our Facebook group, they oh, all women are evil. And we try to get rid of those guys because honestly, they're, they're pain in the ass and all victims and little bitches anyways. And we don't want that a part of our group. Um, the fact is, is we're adults here. And as we look at it, the fact is they're going through stuff too, just like you are. They, you know, any woman that decides to, like take her vows and rip them up and throw them in the trash is going through something. And she's probably been going through this for a while. Um, usually women don't just get up and cheat one day. Uh, it's not just a, an opportunistic thing. There's usually something going on inside of them that brings them to that place. And even if it's not cheating and it's just the fact that she wants to leave, it takes time for them to get to that place of shutting down their heart. And generally speaking, you can probably think back through a lot of those times where she was coming to you and trying to connect with you and you, you just didn't listen. You didn't engage. You did, you weren't a part of that, that process with her and you didn't know how to, you didn't know how to listen. And so you get to that place where you just, you, you shut her down and she doesn't feel loved. She doesn't feel appreciated by you. And therefore her heart starts to become cold and distant from you. So when he says, how do you treat her as a neutral woman, when she knows how to trigger you and how do you just not see her as the woman you once loved? So for a fact, when you say a woman knows how to trigger you, the fact is, is she's not responsible for her, your triggers. You are, you are responsible for your own triggers. So that means if someone comes up to you and says, you know, you're, you're a, a bald headed ninny magan fatty, whatever. You know, most of us be like, whatever, like that's dumb. But like when third grade, when somebody comes up to you and says, you're such an idiot, you're so stupid. We're like, oh yeah, I'm not, you're this. And, and we get into these stupid little childish fights. Anybody ever been there? Raise your hand, right? Like you've been there before, right? We childishly fight, but we do the same thing as adults because we haven't matured. We haven't grown, right? And so in the same thing, in these toxic relationships, what happens is over time, disc, uh, a, a, a lack of respect comes into the marriage. And it's one of the four horsemen, which is, um, I want to say it's, um, contempt is the word uh that that uh that Gottman talks about in um in the four horsemen and so contempt comes into the marriage and when you have contempt that means there's a lack of respect for either party and that lack of respect is a big breakdown of the marriage once there's a lack of respect in how you communicate and how she communicates suddenly the the gloves are off now it's like you can say whatever you want to say i remember the first time i called my ex-wife a bitch it took me 18 years to get there but i got there and when i got there i said it to her face and I went holy shit, I can't believe I said that to her. I grew up in more of a faith-based background, uh, more of a church type person. Like I would never call my wife a bitch, but man, she was acting like a bitch. And I said, you're being a bitch. I remember feeling that and was like, oh shit, these are some emotions that I'm not dealing with in a healthy way. And I just projected that onto her. So the trigger, you got to get rid of the trigger yourself. Like, Like no one can trigger you without your permission. No one can trigger you without your permission. In fact, I would go as far to say that your triggers are just a sign of a lack of emotional maturity and intelligence. So most men focus on financial intelligence, spiritual intelligence, physical intelligence, but they will not focus on emotional intelligence. They'll go to church. They'll go to the gym. They'll go to financial seminars and how to make more money and wealth and all those things. But they don't like to talk about emotions because it feels weird. It feels strange. Our brains aren't wired that way like women are. We're, we're, we're wired usually way more logically. And, and then when things happen and we feel those emotions because we've never been in touch with that and we don't know what that is, we suddenly start grunting. Rah, 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 rah. 
right? And you feel that that stuff come up. I had that happen to me this weekend. I got into a, a bit of a, I wouldn't say an argument with my wife, but there was a, 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 um, uh, we had some disagreements and, and that started to rise in me, that old man of basically, you just want to be pissed. And then I just said out loud, I'm pissed right now. I'm feeling very frustrated. Now, for some of you, you go, that sounds weird. That sounds weak. That sounds whatever. But what it did was it allowed my wife to actually hear what I was saying. And she felt connected because I was using words that made sense to her. And this is where we go wrong as men because we allow that person to trigger us. And instead of responding from a healthy perspective or healthy place, we get triggered. And that all that does is push her away. So her pushing your buttons becomes yours. I heard it once said before, don't let someone else's offense become your offense. If someone is offended at you, don't let that offense become your offense because all you're doing is driving a wedge between the two of you. You're allowing as the man, as the leader, an offense to stop you from having a healthy relationship. So the first thing I would say is you just got to throw the trigger out. Like, like you, you cannot respond to triggers and you need to go do some deep healing work and figure out where those triggers are coming from and why they are there, number one. And then he says, um, how do you just not see her as the woman you once loved unconditionally? That, that's a mouthful right there. How do you not see her as the one, as the woman you lived her unconditionally? First of all, um, I'm actually going to attack the word unconditionally. I'm just, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be honest. I don't think anybody loves anybody unconditionally. I think we can try. I really do. But I don't think we love people unconditionally. I think that's our desire. But I think we also need to be honest with ourselves about our true, actual love and what we've actually done. Because if we truly loved unconditionally, there would be no trigger. Let's be honest here right? If, if you truly love someone, then that means they can't offend you, right? Because then you wouldn't be able to be hurt because you're so focused on loving them. And so the unconditional part I have a problem with, and I think your language needs to change when you say that. What it is, is this is, this is kind of what men feel in the sort of sappiness of all of this stuff. And it's all the emotions you feel around. It's like, but I loved her unconditionally. It's like, yeah, but you didn't. You need to be honest with yourself. So first be honest with yourself about this unconditional love bullshit, because none of us are perfect. None of us can love unconditionally the way we want to. Maybe we have the desire to, and maybe you, from a more of a faith perspective, I think that's where it's coming from. Fine. I get it. I understand that, but that's not how you've showed up. Second part about this, as he says, how do you just not see her as that woman that you loved unconditionally? How do you not see her? You have to change your view of her, right? And changing your view of her has to do with getting honest about who she is in the moment. A lot of people focus on in, in personal development. You, you'll see a lot of before and after pictures. How many of you have ever seen a weight loss thing where it's like, this is what the guy looked like before, and this is what they look like after, right? You've seen that before. Like you've seen these before and after pictures and you're like, cool, right? Like I want to be that guy, right? I want to be the after guy. I don't want to be the before guy. I want to be the after guy. But here's the thing in true personal development, it's not about before and after. It's about then and now. Then and now is different between before, uh, because, because before and after is focused on, on a result that doesn't change. The fact is, is when you go through this process, you're constantly evolving, constantly changing. This is who you were then. This is who you are now. This is who you were back then, five years ago. This is who you are now. This is who your wife was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But this is who she is now. I'm not talking about who she will be in five years. I'm not talking like who she's going to be in 15 years. What I'm talking about is who is she now? So what happens is we focus on who she was then, thinking that's who she is still now, when in reality, we've missed the boat. She's not that person anymore. It's not even a before and after. It's just this is who she is now. 
This is why, guys, if you can get this principle, I'm telling you, this will change a lot of your perspectives because a lot of you are so focused on, okay, this is who she was, but I know that she could be this, what you're not focused on, who is she now? And in Thrive, we have an exercise called Truth Serum where it's a whole week of Truth Serum that we have our men go through where it's like the gauntlet of truth. And when they get to the other side of it, it's powerful because they're faced with the truth of their situation and the reality of what they're going through. Some of you are facing that reality right now and others of you are still blind, still in denial, still she-buttoning all over the place. And that's fine. Every one of you is on a different place in the journey and that's cool. But if you wanna really look at this, You've got to be honest with yourself about who she is now. Is she the type of woman that's coming home to you, respecting you, honoring you, wanting to be married to you? Or is she the type of woman who's saying, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I don't want to be a part of this. Think about what she's actually saying. She's actually saying, hey, I've gotten to a place in my heart and in my life where I've said, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm no longer happy. And it hurts. That's the thing, guys, is we have to acknowledge it fucking hurts. And when it hurts, that doesn't mean we just give up. It doesn't mean we just say, well, fine, fuck you then, because a lot of guys will do that. What I'm saying is that we acknowledge the pain, we respect the boundary, and we understand who she is right now today. Not who she's going to be, not who she was before, but who she is today, so that you have the freedom to then focus on you. This is the mistake so many men make. The mistake you make is you go, well, this is who she was. This is who she could be. I wonder what she's up to. I'm thinking about her all the time. I'm so focused on all these things. And why? It's because we fear loss. And that feeling of loss feels out of control for men. We're so tied to the power from our dicks and our money. That's where we get our power from. And when one of those is struggling, men, men will lose it. That's why men commit suicide when they, when they lose their spouse or when they lose their money in the stock market or shit like me, I lost some money in BlockFi, fucking crypto, right? Where it's like you put your value into something and you expect a return. We do the same thing with our wife. We put it in that and we, we call it a possession, but she's not your possession. You don't own her. She is a person. And the more you can understand that concept, the easier it will be for you simply to see her for who she is now not for who she was, not for who she could be, but for who she is now. That is how you do that. All right, let me go into another one. How to deal with in-home separated and she's completely passive aggressive silent treatment. Whew, that's a tough one. Gotta love it. I've been there. Um, I did the in-home separation thing for like five months before I moved out um, and filed for divorce. In-home separation is a, a beast. It is a beast. Uh, actually, I would say it's a bitch. <laughs> it is a bitch you don't want to deal with, but it was the thing that I needed to do for my, for my sake as I was formulating whether or not I wanted to stay in the marriage or move on. And once I came to the place of moving on, that's when I moved out. So when it comes to how to deal with in-home separating, she's completely passive aggressive. What I hear you saying, Darren, is that you don't know how to deal with the passive aggressive behaviors that are being projected onto you. And if that is correct, again, that comes back to how you are dealing with it yourself internally. This is why we say you have to do the emotional work on you for you. We have men come to us all the time. They're like, hey, can you fix my marriage? Hey, can you save my marriage? No, I cannot. I cannot save your marriage. Here's why. It takes two to tango. I know there's lies. I know there's bullshit out there. Oh, it only takes one to save a marriage. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't. It takes two people. Can a man lead? Absolutely can lead. Can he, can he be the leader that, that she needs so that she shows up and, 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 and starts to come back? Absolutely. It does happen. But more than likely what happens is she still has to work on herself. There are things that she has to do to do that. And passive aggressive behavior is her issue. It's not your issue. 
this is where we have to separate the codependency thing. Someone treating you a certain way is their issue. Your issue is how you respond and what you allow. So someone passively, aggressively acting in a certain way is where we have to drop what I call a power triangle. That's where we have to come in and share, hey, this is not acceptable. This is not okay. This type of behavior makes me feel a certain way or it does a certain thing. And the net effect is this. But this is where it also comes back to people. People are selfish by nature. So you come to your wife and just telling her, hey, you hurt me when you do this. She doesn't give a fuck at this point. She's at a point where she doesn't care anymore. If she's purposely hurting you or hurting you that way, she doesn't care because she's hurt, right? So she's responding out of her hurt. And this is where it comes back to, again, if you allow her offense to become your offense, you've lost it, right? I hope everyone can see how important it is to not allow someone else's offense or hurt become your hurt. So the fact of the matter is, is you have to grow up and you have to be strong. And that strength comes from doing internal emotional work, which is scary to men. I'm telling you, it's not as scary as it seems. Facing the emotions and pain of the past is somewhat scary. In fact, what we what we've purposely did was put it in such a way so that you're getting results immediately from practical application. And once you're doing the practical things, then you can start working on some of the deeper internal things, but you go as far as you want to go. We're not therapists. We're not here to like therapize you, but there are some things we do in our program that literally will help you fucking release stuff that you've held onto for years. We had guys go, man, I've been through this 90 day program and it was better than three years of therapy. And I'm like, but we're not even therapists, but that's okay because we gave them tools for themselves to do the work. So they didn't have to go to therapy anymore. The fact is, is if you have this type of shit happening where someone else is being passive aggressive towards you, you have to learn how to deal with that. That comes from doing the work. That comes from understanding your own triggers. That comes from understanding your own stuff of what's going on inside of you internally and knowing how to move past that, knowing how to communicate effectively, knowing how to separate yourself from that. That's all the things that you've got to learn how to do. All right, let me go on to the next one. How do I deal with influences? I <laughs> love these questions. How do I deal with influences of my wife's female cousins and sister-in-law? They'll go with their husbands and take her out to clubs and they don't invite me. Dude, I, I don't know if you're on here, but I'm just going to say, boo fucking who? Boo who? Poor, I'm not going to say your name. Your wife's female influences, the cousins, sister-in-laws are taking her out clubbing and they're leaving you home alone. That's got to make you feel pretty shitty. It's got to make you feel like a little boy. Am I right? It does. It does. It does. It makes you feel like that. It makes you feel like a little boy. So first, be honest with it. When my wife leaves, I feel abandoned. Like that's the thing about this statement here is all you're doing is blaming her cousin and her sister-in-law and their husbands instead of taking ownership for your feelings. You're blaming them as if they caused you to have this feeling. They didn't cause you to have this feeling. Your own feelings are causing you to have these feelings. This is the difference between external pain and internal pain. I've got a great training on this. If you search my podcast for it, external internal pain. The fact is, is most of you are responding to external pain. My wife did this. My wife rejected me. I feel this. I feel that from external circumstances and situations. The reality is it's not about the external circumstance situations. It's about the internal game. See, the more you understand and deal with the internal game, the external has no effect on you. It doesn't mean you don't feel the effects. It doesn't mean you don't feel things like, oh, if my wife leaves you. Like right now, my wife would leave me. I would feel it. But my instant mindset would not go to blame. It wouldn't go to shame. It wouldn't go to all these other things. What it would go to is Mark, let's take ownership right now. What are the things that you can do? Shared this with my team the other day. Actually, I shared this with the Thrive guys yesterday in our, in our monthly, in our Monday meeting. And I was talking about the idea that, you know, I had a disagreement with my wife this weekend and 
you know, it was just a lot of stuff going on. We have seven kids combined and there's always things happening. And there was a disagreement of how she saw the day go and how I saw the day go. But as I listened, I felt the things that I felt and I shared the things that I felt. I said, this is what I'm feeling right now. And instead of getting mad, getting angry, yelling, all that stuff, which is the old way I used to handle things, it gave me the opportunity to share what I was feeling from a place of safety so that she could then receive what I'm saying. I could receive from her what she's saying. And now instead of it being codependency, it's now interdependency where we can be strong for each other through it. That takes work on both sides. I lead it, but she still has to do the work as well. So in terms of, you know, these influences, look, if anybody comes on here and you're thinking, well, my wife's being influenced by these other people, here's, here's the fact, fact. Your wife's a grown-ass woman. Unless you married a minor, your wife is a grown-ass woman. Now, emotionally, maybe she's not a grown-ass woman, but she's a grown-ass woman. And she has to be responsible for what she does, okay? I remember the first time I heard that, I was codependent on my ex-wife. I, I was always trying to, you know, control and manipulate and do all these things to keep her out of situations, circumstances. But at the end of the day, if she wants to fucking cheat, she's going to fucking cheat. If she wants to leave your ass, she's going to leave your ass. If she wants to go to the club without you, she's going to go to the club without you. But you've got to be a fucking man and either say, I'm not standing for that. And this is how I'm going to deal with it. And these are the consequences or you fucking deal with it. <laughs> like, like, like you don't have a choice or you just allow yourself to be a victim. That, that was the or part. You allow yourself to be a victim and you come in here and you complain and you bitch and you moan. Oh, it's my wife. And she did this and oh, she did that. And it's all because of these other people. Look, it's not because of other people. Your wife isn't leaving you because of other people. She's leaving you because of you. She's leaving you because of you. And say it again. She's leaving you because of you. You need to just fucking accept that. And if you can't, you drop off. I don't care. I, people leave all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking spit truth because that's what I do. If you want results, you're going to listen to what I say. Results in your life, meaning like if you want to be an empowered man, we always tell people, we're not about saving marriages. I'm only talking about marriage because this is the problem you guys think you have right now. This is a bigger problem though. The shit you're dealing with here, this is a bigger problem. The fact that you feel abandoned, the fact that you feel rejected, you never dealt with that shit as a child, that's causing some of this stuff. All those things you did not handle in other relationships, bringing this stuff up. You're, you're, it's, it's projected stuff. It all comes back up. And until you deal with it, you're going to continue to do the same thing. So even if she leaves, and even if you don't believe me, you're like, Mark, fuck you. You're an asshole. I don't care. I don't like you. You're, you're so mean. You're a big, mean man, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Great. Fine. Go, go somewhere and get coddled somewhere else. That's fine. I don't care. Right. What I care about is the people that actually want to lean into this. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm fucking here to call you up and call you out because that's what men do. Iron sharpens iron for a fucking reason. And I'm spitting truth. Sometimes we can't handle the truth. Just like Jack Nicholas said, you can't handle the truth. The truth is, this is what's going on. Until you understand that you're the problem, you'll always think other people are the problem. Think about that. Until you realize you're the problem, you will always see everyone else as the problem. You'll see it as Biden, Trump. You'll see it as the economy. You'll see it as all these other things. That's called an external locus of control. So the bigger issue here is not the fact that you have a wife leaving you, the bigger issue is that you have an external locus of control. And instead of harnessing that and looking internally and going, I got to do the internal work and become what's called internal locus of control, where you take extreme ownership over the parts of your life that you can, your life changes when that happens. Guys, I'm telling you, freedom is on the other side of that. True fucking freedom is on the other side when you are no longer concerned with what other people think of you. You're no longer worried about who's trying to influence your wife and you are just living your life. I'm telling you, it attracts women. 
It attracts women, the right kind of women, the right kind of woman that wants to be with a man who is strong, independent, but wants to be in a relationship, wants to emotionally connect with his bride, wants to do those things, but is still strong and steadfast. That's what she's looking for. What happens too, I was married for 17 years to my first wife. I remembered, I call it the Disney dad effect. You, you start to have kids, you start to get a little soft around the edges here, right? You start to gain a few pounds. You start to, you know, just kind of let go a little bit. You're not working out anymore. You're not going to the gym. You know, you just kind of become comfortable and complacent and complacency is the death of all things because that complacency made you soft. And when you're soft, she no longer wants to be with soft. What is she going to do? She's going to go find something hard. And I'm not talking about dicks either. I'm talking about who you are as a fucking man. This shit's hard to hear. But this is, this is life every fucking day. And this is what I tell myself every day. This is who I have to be every day. And if I have to be this, you have to be this. Because I'm telling you, this thing, this thing goes so much deeper than you. It goes deeper than your wife. It goes deeper than your kids. This is fucking generations we're talking. We have guys in our Thrive program. I was, he was sharing this the other day. It was mind-boggling. He's like, he, he gave, we call it power triangle. He did a power triangle with one of his kids. And he's like, his kid just got it. And it was, it was a way to communicate something. It was a tool we teach on how to communicate a thing to a person. And the kid got it. And when he got it, he was like, oh my gosh, I need to go apologize to mom for this thing I did. And so he went and basically reiterated the same power triangle, if you will, to his mom. So he's teaching his kid how a new way of communicating, unlike the way his father taught him. I don't know about y'all, but my dad did not teach me how to communicate. My dad did not teach me anything really good about women other than they were good for fucking. That was pretty much it. He didn't teach me the things that you're supposed to know about women and how to have a healthy relationship with women. And so that, that totally just, just fucked me up. Right. But then going into marriage with that baggage, it's horrible, right? You can't, you can't do that. You can't live that way. And that's what happens. Okay. I'll go through some of these. Uh, what's the difference between emotional separation and physical separation and what happens is something she did choose. Uh, Jason, not fully understanding the question. I want, I want to assume you're asking about, um, you, yeah, you might've said, you, you said emotional separation, but I think what I misunderstood, you were talking about separation and the emotional pain of it. Maybe that's what you meant. Maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah. We were, we, the focus we wanted to talk about today was more on the emotional pain of separation, not physical separation. Um, that's kind of what we were talking about. So does that answer your question or? Well then, yeah, yes. Well, it's not, it's a non-question cause I missed it. But then the question that I do have is, is yeah. we're still here and she's threatening it. It hasn't happened yet, but. Um, maybe this is this too much to get into right now. So maybe after the holiday, something happens. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with the pain of for six months. She's been telling me she wants to go and, uh, you know, it's still here right now and I'd like to try and fix it, but it's hard. And I'm making some of the mistakes you're talking about already. I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. I've got some emails with you and IMs with you and stuff. So I'm learning, but it's hard. It, it is. And, and the, but here's the thing is you're still here. Like, congratulate yourself on the fact that you're still here. You haven't given up, right? Even if you don't fully understand or fully grasp everything, you're still here. Someone needs to congratulate you. Someone needs to tell me, you know what? You're doing a good job. I think you need to hear that today. And here's the fact of, you're right. You're trying to fix it is the worst thing you can do. And this is, this is why I create Empowered Man, because when I went through, I went through this six, seven years ago for the first, oh, seven or eight years ago, the first time, then I went through it again a year or two later. And each time it was like, you just get to this place of like desperation 
because you've been at the, you know, you've been with that person. You have three kids with that person. You have all these memories with that person and you just can't fathom that. Yeah. You just can't fathom. I ended up having four with her. You can't fathom losing this person and the emotional pain of it is gut wrenching. And I remember the second time this happened and she moved out and all this stuff was going on. And I remember just, just, I would walk for miles every night. I had so much anxiety and so much fear. I, I would just physically, I would just walk to get it out. And I left my kids behind for it. I'm be honest. Like I left my kids in the house that, you know, I had an older one, so she was able to watch them, but still it wasn't fair to them, but this is how I processed the pain. And I was in so much pain. I had to come to grips with where this pain was really coming from because I thought the pain was here. I thought this was because she was leaving me. And, and I remember specifically this one night about three weeks into the whole ordeal. And it came to me clearly that the abandonment I was feeling in this moment was the same abandonment I felt when my dad died of cancer at 15. And when I made that connection, something shifted. And I started to recognize this isn't about her leaving me. This is an opportunity from, in my opinion, God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. This was an opportunity for me to go deep on me and to look internally at the things I had, the, the life I had created, the things I was doing to play soft, play small, and I was going to change that. And I did. My whole life radically shifted from that moment forward. Um, it took me two more years to decide to divorce her. But in that was because I got my power back. And, I, and again, I do not say that lightly to anybody. I will never tell anybody, go divorce your wife. I don't care what she's doing. That is none of my business. It is none of my business to tell you. And if anybody tells you, divorce your wife, whatever, until they're in your shoes and they are going to pay for your fucking divorce and, and pay the emotional consequence. No one should be telling you that stuff. What I want you to focus on is for you, what you want. And if you want to make it work, what we call that is becoming a husband in a wifeless marriage. And so that is what we call standing for your marriage and thrive. And so those standards, those guys we haven't thrived, they're just standing for their marriage. Their whole focus, their whole outlook is not on keeping score of what she's doing but only keeping score on what they control, which is themselves. And every day it's about getting better. How can I get 1% better every single day for myself, not to win her back? It seems counterintuitive, but it's literally the way you attract a woman back to you. Because if ultimately at the end of the day, what she wants is to be with a strong, courageous, adventurous man, not a man who's just trying to pursue her, trying to pursue her, trying to pursue her, especially if she's already been pursued and won by another man. And that's where it hits us right in the fucking nuts. It hits us right there. And that, I lived through that, lived through that multiple times. And, and, it, and it feels like you are just not worthy as a man. You feel small, like you got a small dick or something's wrong with you. You're not good at sex. Like all these things come at you and they're all fucking lies. They are all lies meant to keep you in a place of shame and regret and guilt. And I'm here to set the fucking captives free because I'm here to tell you that that is not truth. The truth is she makes a choice. She makes a decision. You make choices. You make decisions. And so your choice today is do I do work on me for me or do I continue to try to fix and save for her? Because ultimately you have no control over what she does. My hope is that, yeah, every marriage is saved and redeemed and reconciled. I, I, I love it when it happens. We have it all the time. Like, we don't even talk about it. We have it all the time in Thrive. I got a couple come flying to me in Scottsdale in a couple of weeks where their marriage has been saved and reconciled through our program, but we don't talk about it. And I'm telling you guys, because I want you to know, like, it, it literally does happen. They're coming to meet with me because he wanted to introduce me to his wife to sh show her who the man was that saved their marriage. 
And I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything. I gave you the tools. I gave you maybe some conviction, but you ultimately did the work. And that's the way I look at it. So Jason, I hope that answered your question. I know it was like a lot of stuff, but hope that was, hope that was working. All right. Let me see if there's a couple others. Would like your perspective on how to frame a discussion when soon to be excellent at physical affairs discovered. Whew. That's a big one, Tim. Their kids are shifting to physical separation. Neutral woman's hard when she's having an active affair. Actually, neutral woman's easier when you're having an affair. Maybe you don't understand the concept. Um, when there's an affair happening, it's actually usually a lot easier because you can just kind of like wall off in a sense. What I would say is neutral woman's even more necessary when there's an active affair happening. So I'm not a therapist, so I, I got to be careful on this one. I don't want to go into what a D-Day is. I really don't want to go in that, uh, what they call discovery day or something like that. Um you know, confrontation, when I tried to confront my ex-wife, it went shit. It went to hell real fast um, because it wasn't done in a healthy way. I was basically pissed off, took her her phone and showed it to her and tried to shame the shit out of her. And that didn't work. Um, so what I would say is don't shame her. I would actually say if you're going to do it to be as most understanding as you can and allow and become a safe place. Actually, it's a, it's a really good technique to learn is becoming a safe place for her and and allowing her to feel heard and understood, even though she's doing something that's actually gut-wrenching. But again, it really comes back to you and what you want to put up with. Um, if if you're wanting to confront for the purpose of, you know, giving her an opportunity to confess and, and all that and work on all that stuff, that is a very tricky process. I would walk that line very carefully. I actually would just more or less say probably, probably a counselor or therapist would be a better option, uh, especially if you can do it with a therapist present um, to do something like that. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Let me see if I got another one here. Suffering six months separation, brutal divorce proceeding. Can't seem to let go of her, even though she's been dating and sleeping with other men. I mean, guys, codependent, limit. Con yeah. So Rick Thram, great question or great. I, I know where you're kind of going with this. Um, this mindset is, is, I would say it's less of a mindset and more of an ego issue. Um, and this, this is very hard for some guys to understand. And that is that our egos are so fragile. It can't fathom somebody leaving us. And that's where a lot of that codependency stuff comes from, but it's, it's been developed from years of protection. Generally speaking comes from childhood trauma, undealt with childhood trauma. Usually that's where it comes from again, not a therapist. So I can't like therapize you, but that's the inner work that I would start to do is start to look into habits and patterns of, of how you've done this your whole life of how you've responded to people leaving you because it's really deep abandonment stuff. And when you have that deep abandonment stuff, it affects every area of your life. It's not just your relationship with your wife. It's your business. It's your career. It's your kids. It's everything. It affects everything because you will manipulate and control and you will create a world around you that exists for your needs and your needs alone. And, and you will, you will create this bubble if you will. And so then as soon as someone steps out of line, you freak out. You don't know what the fuck to do because this is the world you've created. Like this is safety for you. And suddenly it's no longer there. That's the world you've created. So I would challenge you to start looking internally at that ego and start looking at humility and start looking at the truth about who you are, not the perceived who you are. Because a lot of times the perception is my value comes from what I do, not who I am. And I see this a lot, especially with when I work with really successful men, they really struggle with this idea because they're fatherless. Most of them were fatherless in the sense that their father never gave them that. So they became entrepreneur, hard charging, whatever or their dads were such assholes, they had to prove their dads wrong. And so they go the other way. Um, so you kind of have two different things that I see a lot of uh, with this happening. Hope that helps. Uh, Adam Webster, what's the best way to deal with my wife trying to get our five-year-old daughter to lie about things? Ooh, that's a, hmm, that's a fun one. Yeah. One of the ways I caught my wife's ex, my ex-wife's affair was through my four-year-old saying, 
daddy, we took this man to the airport today. I'm like, who the fuck is this man you're taking to the airport? That was fun. Um, she knows that lying is one of my triggers. Again, we talked about triggers that I can't seem to get past. And now she's having her daughter try to lie. Yeah. So, I mean, I think with, with a child, this is, this is definitely an area that you need to step in and, and say some things. I, I would, I would focus heavily on, Hey, this is not okay. Uh, you know, your affair is, is your business. Um, obviously we're at a place where we are not together. Um, and obviously I don't approve of your affair and I don't approve of what's going on, but you are not going to bring our daughter into this and have her lie to cover up your tracks. It's not acceptable. Like it needs to be fucking blunt and direct. A lot of you struggle because you're not direct with your wife. You like, you don't know how to just go. This is what it is. This is what I'm expecting. This is what it needs to be. Uh, let's see. How do I handle my wife treating me like shit while I'm going to still support her? If your wife is treating you like shit, you should probably stop supporting her. Um, how do you feel about accessing spouse cell phones? Oh God, I did this too. I followed her around. I literally like had a spy. I was able to get in all her accounts and saw all the shit she was doing. It was like, I was a fucking glutton, glutton for punishment. I think, I think I did it because I felt so low about myself. Every time I read an email from another guy or a situation or a text or whatever, it just confirmed that I was just a, like not a good husband. And that I, this is what I deserved was for her to do this shit to me. So if you're doing that, you need to ask yourself why um, you look, finding out the information doesn't change anything. Like that's one of my favorite questions. When somebody's like, well, I think she's cheating, whatever. It's like, why does it matter? If you find out your wife is cheating, what does it matter? What will that change for you? Oftentimes they'll say, well, I'm fine. I'm fucking out. I'm whatever. I'm this or that. I can be mad at her. What you're looking for is justification for what you feel because you're angry with her that she's separating from you. And so you're assuming that it's another man. And in this case, maybe it is, and that's fine. But then what you're lo- doing is looking for justification so that you don't have to own your shit. Whew. Told you, I'm going to give it to you real, guys. If you're looking for justification so you don't have to own your own shit, that's why some of you are so damn focused on your wife because you don't want to look at you. That's all it does. When we're so focused on what she's doing, she's doing this, she, that's why I created the she button. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen this yet, that's why I created this thing. It's because I, I was like, why did guys come on here doing this? And I started to look, as I've been doing this now for several years, I started to recognize a pattern that the men who say she did this, she did this, she did this, she did this, do not want to take responsibility. And they don't want to look at themselves. All they want to do is cast blame, cast shame onto someone else because they don't have the tools. They don't have the emotional intelligence to look at themselves. So I'm here to give that to you. And hopefully this is helping with that. All right, we got, there's so many. I want to get through all of them. Uh, let's see if I can get through a couple more. I don't normally go this long, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, how should I deal with my wife with depression, low, low self-esteem or unhealthy mental issues? Anyway, I can support her. No, stop trying to support her, Jimmy. <laughs> she has to be her own woman. She's a grown ass woman. What you do is you set boundaries with those people and you say, hey, this cannot affect our home. And if it does, you need to go get help or you need to figure out whatever. I'm here to support you in that, but I'm not going to be your emotional punching bag. Okay. Some of you think support is like, well, I'll just be there for her. And then she just beats the shit out of you emotionally. You're like, I don't understand. Well, dude, you're fucking putting your head in the ring. What do you think's going to happen? She's going to bite your head off because she doesn't have emotional regulation. She doesn't have the skills. She has the emotional coping skills. And therefore, this is what's going to happen. So the supporting her sometimes is putting up strong boundaries so that she understands that her behavior is not okay. That is one of the number one ways you can support someone with borderline personality disorder, bipolar 
all kinds of shit, whatever mental health thing she has going on, you put up boundaries. When I finally did that to my ex-wife, it was like a whole world change. I remember saying no to her for the first time and going, holy shit, I actually told her no. And she was like, what? It was almost like this thing had happened. It, it, it reminded me of the movie Home Alone. If you guys remember, because, uh, you know, it's Christmas time, so we're talking, you know, Christmas movies. And, and Home Alone, he, he's scared and he's thinking these bad guys are trying to get into the house. And, and he's scared and he's like, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? I shouldn't be scared. He's like, I'm not afraid anymore. And he's like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And he goes outside and he sees the old guy. He's like, oh, and he runs back inside. The fact is, is when you say no to the first time, when you say no to, to this kind of stuff, it's empowering. It's empowering. And when you start to get your personal power back, dude, life changes. How many of you besides your marriage, you know, you know, if you're honest with yourself, besides your marriage, you're, you're not really living the most optimal life possible because marriage is just a byproduct of everything else we're going through. It really is where we are selling ourselves short. We're not living to our full potential. We're playing small. I call it small ball. We're playing small in our little sand, little sandbox, building our little sandcastle of our little kingdom, but we're not actually out in the real world getting concrete, putting in footers and building a real fucking kingdom. We're safer playing in a little sandbox because it's easier to control. It's easier to manipulate versus being out there where the real world is and there's real concrete and real consequences and real things happen and shit happens, but you still fucking go forward because you decide that this is the way you want to be and you want to build a real kingdom. If you want to build a real kingdom, that's what we do to empower men. That's why we have our Thrive Program. Okay, let's see what else we got here. My wife is wanting ownership, but I don't want, I don't know what to own. She says, I'm gaslighting narcissist. Ooh, I don't know if I want to go into that. So anything I say, she won't believe. Well, it's possible that she's also a gaslighting narcissist. So um, that that is also a possibility, but uh, without fully knowing that ownership looks like this. Um, and I've got, if, if you don't know my podcast, uh, if 2.0 started January of this year of 2022. Um, and the first five episodes were all in ownership. It was called a lifestyle of ownership. And it was ownership as a, as a husband, as a father, as a leader. It was all, it was like the five, what we call the five dimensional man. And I go into all that. So I would go and listen to those ownership things where I really, really lay out uh, kind of how to own, own your shit. Um, and essentially, in a nutshell, what it is, is taking ownership is about owning the outcome and the result of what happened, but not taking the shame for the blame for it. And it's, it's taking responsibility for what has occurred and knowing and or looking for ways to not just fix it, but to say, this isn't going to happen again. And this is the way I'm going to show up. So when, this is where it's, it gets tricky because a lot of guys think they've owned something and what they've done is just apologize for doing something. An apology is not ownership. Apology is saying, I'm sorry because I got caught usually, or I'm sorry because I hurt you, not because I'm actually going to take ownership over the thing. So like when my wife and I got in this disagreement over the weekend, I literally looked at what are the things that I did to cause her to feel this way and the perspective that she had? Because I was like, this is bullshit. Like your perspective of me is completely wrong. That's what was going through my head. But then as I looked at it, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. The fact is that's her perspective. I'm not here to change her perspective. So that's why we get defensive. We got to change her perspective. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm doing this, right? We've all been in those situations where it's like we start arguing with her because she has a perspective. We want to change the perspective because we feel our ego being attacked. So instead I said, you know what? Here's what I want to do is I want to take ownership over the things that I did do this weekend that probably contributed towards you feeling this way. 
Hey, when this happened, I did not communicate with you. And that lack of communication must have made you feel this way. Guys, I'm giving you fucking gold right now. This is the shit we talk about in Thrive. Like that is specifically how you fucking do it. That kind of language shifts the whole conversation because it's no longer about you and protecting your ego. All right, guys, it was good connecting with you guys. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.